Hello there, all you creeps. If you're one of the many new listeners, or even if you're someone who's been around and has chosen not to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, do it now, or I will forever haunt you in your home. That basically just means I will provide you with the best cuddling that you've ever experienced, and I'll probably do your dishes, honestly. You can also help support us all by giving us a five-star rating on Spotify and by following us on our social media at The Fright Crew on Insta and The Fright Crew Pod on TikTok. I also just want to tell you guys how much we adore and appreciate all of your continued support, and we thank you from the bottom of our decrepit little hearts. Now, roll the intro. <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> What's sad, you creeps? I'm your guy who steals your girlfriend after she erases her memory of you, Jensen Harper. (laughs) (laughs) It was rough for me to pick who I was going to be. Ooh. But I am Clementine the Tangerine. There you are. Love to see it. Yes. But also Courtney. Yes. (laughs) Clementine the Courtney. And I could also be like the... The front desk girl at the uh, clinic. I wanted mm. to be her. Mm-hmm. I could be Mark Ruffalo's character. Yes, he rules. I, I'd just be all of them. Yep. Yeah, this whole cast, you know, I'm little baby Elijah Wood, it's of course. So I got it. I got it. Oh him. my gosh. Love him. I love him. Yes. And uh, if you noticed by the intro, I didn't say spooky because we're getting sad this month, guys. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we, we picked dramas, but. Ironically, all three that we have like chosen are all kind of sad and melancholy, I'd say, is a perfect word to yeah. describe all three of these films. So, um, But we're starting off with Courtney's pick. Courtney, what are you pulling out of the, I guess, body bag? <laughs> I am pulling out Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Yes. Which is my favorite movie of all time. Hell yes. I and yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I've been, yes, me too. I um. I've been emotional because this movie really gets me. Mm-hmm. It does. It fucks me up. But yes, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Very stoked to be here. Uh, sorry, life hit us yet again, guys. So we took a, <laughs> another week off. You had some crazy shit happen at work. So we'll have to get into it. But we're here and we're taking a month off of spooky stuff. Watch either either one of two things. Our listenership will go way down or way up. <laughs> you never fucking know I'm with this shit. I'm holding up because mm-hmm. it would be a lot of fun to keep doing stuff like this here and there. Um, yeah. Because, yes, we love horror movies very much. Um, Obviously, yeah. And it's like yeah. my heart and soul. Yeah. But also movies in general. And we don't talk as much about like movies outside of like the horror mm-hmm. um, realm. Like even you and me together like yeah. when we just like talk um outside of the podcast i don't feel like we talk about movies as a whole as much as we should no um because we love movies and like we recently um came to the realization that this is a movie that we both love yeah Um, it's one of our favorites oh yeah equally um the movie we're doing next week which is your pick which Mm -hmm. i will not spill the beans on Mm -hmm. um until later is also a movie that i love very much yeah um I'm excited to do a different kind of theme where we can talk about other movies that we love um, that's not just like strictly horror movies. Yeah, me too. It'll be 
It'll be fun. I mean, you never know what the future holds for the Fry Crew. I mean, it might just turn into a cinema pod. <laughs> People would go, yes. no. <laughs> no, it's Good funny. God, I mean, like, even it, like you said. Right. Yeah. No, everybody's like, no, please don't. But it's funny because you say, like, <laughs> um, we we don't really talk about it much. Even, like, when we're pulling references, like, when I'm talking about Midsommar and we're talking about all these other horror films, we never, like, reference drama or any other, like, action, mm-hmm. comedy. And, like... I just, I'm a cinephile. Like, I just, I just love all movies. So, I don't know. I don't love just horror, you know? Same. Yeah. Well, sweet. I'm very excited that you picked this. Um, picture little Jensen Harper watching this uh, when it hit DVD at Blockbuster. You know your boy had it. And I don't think I honestly understood it, but I loved it. <laughs> if that makes any fucking sense. I yeah, was very, very confused the first time I saw it. Because mm-hmm. you do have to see it more than once, of course. So oh, the yeah. first watch, you're going to be like, what in the fuck is happening? Yeah. Um, but I had seen this movie for the first time in film study in high school. Oh, okay, um, okay. I'm not sure if... I'm sure you took that class. I did, but I did. we talked about this movie, um, and I just immediately fell in love with it. And ever since then, I've watched it at least three times a year, if not more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's deserved for sure because i mean and we'll get into it in the notes but like one of my favorite things about it is how kate winslet and jim carrey like their characters are flipped compared to what they usually are you know usually kate winslet is mm-hmm. very reserved in her roles and jim carrey is usually very bombastic and crazy and in this movie it's just flipped and it's so cool to see jim carrey just reserved and like quaint compared to other stuff that he's done in the past. It's so crazy. So I love it. Awesome. Well, before your internet connection goes out, (laughs) let's, uh, let's get right into (laughs) the, uh, the brains and all that stuff. So Courtney, let's hear anything you got. I, let me see. What do I have? Oh, I have quite a bit. So yeah, let's get into it. So eternal sunshine in the spotless mind is a 2004 American drama film, um, written by Charlie Kaufman and directed by Michael Gaudry. Um, Pierre created the story with Kaufman and Gondry. Um, okay. Pierre created the story with Kaufman and Gondry. Um, the film features an ensemble of supporting casts that include Kirsten Dunst, Mark Ruffalo, Elijah Wood, and Tom Wilkinson. Um, of course we have Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet, perfect pair. Mm-hmm. Love them both very much. Um, and the title of the film is a quotation from the 1717 poem, um, Eloisa to Eberlind by Alexander Pope. Um, so the concept of Eternal Sunshine um, came from a 1998 conversations between the director and the co-writer. Um, the pair had met and became friends in the early 1980s um, during Gondry's drumming career in the French pop group Wee oui Wee. Oui. Um, Bismuth had conceived um, the idea of re- erasing certain people from people's minds in response to a friend of his complaining about her boyfriend. When he asked her if she would erase that boyfriend from her memory, she said yes. I know how she feels. I would too. <laughs> but we don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gondry approached writer Charlie Kaufman with the concept and they developed developed it into a short pitch. Um, the writers didn't believe that the concept was marketable. Um, and then a small bidding war began over the idea. Um, and Steve Gollin of Propaganda Films purchased this in June of 1998 for a low seven-figure sum. And thank God he did. Yeah. 
Um, so the shooting of the movie began in mid-January of 2003 after um, six weeks of preparation. Uh, lasted three months. Um, they had a budget of $20 million. Um, and this was filmed in and around uh, New York City. Uh, the production crew um, recreated some key scenes, um, such as like Joel's apartment, uh, 1950s style kitchen in New Jersey, um, which was at a former U.S. Navy base, which is very interesting. Hmm. Um, and the shoot was quite difficult, um, sometimes shooting for 17 hours per day in harsh environments. Um, so the soundtrack, which I love the soundtrack very much, and I listen to it a lot when I'm night driving. Mm-hmm. I feel that. And it's just, oh, it's so good. Especially like that first scene when he's like driving in his car. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so the soundtrack for the movie was composed by Los Angeles musician John Bryan, Brian, um, and it features songs from artists um, the Polyphonic Spree, The Willows, and Don Nelson. Um, Hollywood Records released the soundtrack in March of 2004. Um, so again, um, this was produced on a $20 million budget. Um, the movie opened in March of 2004. And in the United States, um, it earned $8.1 million the opening weekend in 1,353 theaters. Um, it placed seventh in the weekend's box office and remained in theaters for 19 weeks, um, earning $34.4 million in the United States and $39.6 million in international markets for a total of $74 million worldwide. Oh, damn. Which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then for ratings on IMDb, we have an 8.3 out of 10, a 92 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 4.2 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Wow, you pulled it. I was pulling up real quick, and I was like scared. I was like, oh, no, I got to get that, but you got yep. it. You got it. <laughs> that one was available on there today, so it made it easy for me. Awesome. Sweet. Love to hear it. All right, so let's uh, let's go ahead and do a little deep dive, Yeah. Um, I'm actually, I don't really ever do this, but Charlie Kaufman is who I'm going to do the deep dive on it because he's the writer of this, uh, this story mm-hmm. and screenplay. But the reason I mostly want to talk about him instead is because the director, Michael Gondry is mostly known for directing like music videos and short films. Um, and mm-hmm. even a bigger reason in my opinion is because I'd, I, I kind of would rather talk about Charlie Kaufman. Um, I think he's a fantastic artist, so. Uh, and also, dude, to add to it, does, by the sound of it, Michael Gondry wasn't the best person. Like, Jim Carrey didn't get along with him at all. And, uh, oh. yeah, yeah, he just, he didn't seem like he cared all too much about the actors themselves. Like, he was kind of rude to uh, Kate Winslet and stuff, too. So, I don't know. I'll, I'm just going to go for Charlie Coffin instead. If that bums you out, go ahead and do your little deep dive on Michael Gondry, people. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, so, Charlie was born in New York City on November 19th, 1958. He moved to Connecticut, which is where he graduated from high school. Uh, while he was in high school, he was in the drama club and performed in different productions. Good for him. Once he graduated, he went to Boston University for a bit. Then he transferred to New York University to study film, of course. And it was in college where he met Paul Proke. The two of them went on uh, to write scripts and plays together. The two of them went on to write together, trying desperately to get things sold, but to no avail. Coughlin went on to write spec scripts for TV shows like Married with Children and even The Simpsons, I guess. Throughout the 80s, he worked different odd jobs just to support him and his wife, and it wasn't until the 90s where things finally started moving for him. 
1991, Coffin gained some attention and was picked up with a talent agency where they suggested for him to move to L.A. He moved there alone for just a couple of months, which is fucking crazy. And he wasn't able to really find anything despite the move. But he was offered a job to work on the second season of Get a Life, where he wrote two of the episodes before it was canceled in 1992. It was still challenging to find work for him, but he ended up working for a bit on the Dana Carvey show. But his writing style was different from the other comedians. His style was quieter and simple, so they never really used his work. And he wasn't noticed in the film universe until being John Malkovich, which was directed by Spike Jones earned an Academy Award nomination, and his work earned him a BAFTA. Uh, he had written the script in 1994, and Francis Ford Coppola suggested it to Spike Jones to direct. After that, his screenplay, Human Nature, was made. This one was directed by the director of this film, Michael Gondry, and Charlie worked with Spike Jones again on Adaptation, where he received his second BAFTA. This one was released in 2002. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind came out in 2004, like Courtney said. This film got him an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay and another BAFTA, so he's just rolling in them. His directorial debut was the film Synecdoche, New York. It originally played at the Cannes Film Festival in 2008. Spike Jones was originally supposed to direct the film when a studio asked them if they would want to make a horror film together. They thought to make a film centered around what they considered to be frightening to them. Spike Jones left the project, though, to direct Where the Wild Things Are, which is another great movie. And so uh, Charlie Coffin was left to direct. The critics were completely split with this film. It also performed poorly at the box office, so it made it difficult for Charlie to get funding for another script that he had. Other films that he has worked on are Human Nature, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Anomalisa, and I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Um, he also released his debut novel in 2020 entitled Antkind. And then some of uh, Charlie Kaufman's influences are Franz Kafka, Shirley Jackson, Philip K. Dick, David Lynch, Lars von Trier, Roy Anderson, Woody Allen, and the Coen brothers. Charlie Kaufman lives in Manhattan with his wife, Denise Monaghan, and their daughter, Anna. Beautiful. Love to see it. Um, yeah, Anomalisa and I'm Thinking of Ending Things really both fucked with my head. I don't know if you've seen either of them. Um, They sound familiar. I don't think I've seen them because I'm looking it up now and it doesn't look familiar. Okay. Yeah. Anomalisa is like the uh, stop motion animated, I think, or like, I think it's stop motion. It's either animated or whatever. But um, yeah, that one's pretty intense. That one's pretty good. And then I'm thinking of ending things the first time around. I didn't really care for it too much, but I rewatched it and it really fucked with me because it's like the whole inner dialogue of this guy thinking about ending things so it just kind of fucks with your head but mm -hmm. it's interesting as for the movie i guess ton of the dialogue was actually improvised especially between jim carrey and kate winslet where they ended up talking and opening up about their own previous relationships to each other which is super fucking cute the entire idea of the film was from a concept that was if you got a card in the mail that said that someone you know had erased you from their memory very interesting in the scene where Joel is in the office where he is in the chair getting his memory erased, they didn't use a body double. He would just have to go from the chair back to the standing, back to back and forth until they got the shot done, which is fucking absurd. Um, Kate Winslet has said that this is her favorite performance ever. Love that. And digital effects were used very sparingly in this film. Most of the trickery was done by using old cameras and lighting. 
which you can definitely tell. It looks good. Uh, Michael Gondry would wear a headset that was connected to the camera operators where he was able to communicate with them where the camera should go. Often, every take of a scene uh, ended up completely different than the last take. So, yeah, they would just kind of be in the room with them and just kind of run around with them or whatever. All of Clementine's hair color changes were done by using wigs, not dyeing her hair, which I was actually really shocked about. Uh, Jim Carrey was actually in a depressive episode during the start of this film, and the director loved it. Hence why he's kind of a weird person. (laughs) I guess at one point, Kate Winslet fainted while shooting the scene in the sink, and the director wanted to keep shooting, but Jim Carrey protested it. Of course. Like, why? (laughs) What are we shooting here? She's passed the fuck out, you dumbass. Um, For promotion reasons, they actually made a website for Lacuna, which is the company that erases memories. Funny stuff. And last little trivia note, I guess that Nick Cage and Denzel Washington were considered for the role of Joel. I cannot picture that at all. I could not either. Yeah, that's super weird. But that's all I got. So let's let's move right the fuck along and get to the broken heart. Courtney, I would love oh. to Yeah, <laughs> I would love to hear a synopsis, my dude. Alright, here we go. Alright, the broken heart. Um so Joel is stunned to discover that his long-term girlfriend, Clementine, has had her memories of their rocky relationship erased. Out of sheer desperation, he visits the medical office that does the procedure, first to find out if this was all a hoax, but eventually decides to have Clementine removed from his own memory to relieve himself of the heartbreak. As Joel's memories progressively disappear, he begins to rediscover their earlier passion and the love the two of them shared. Deep within his brain, Joel attempts to escape the procedure to not lose any more of these precious moments. As the medical crew chase him through the deepest pits of his memories with Clementine, it's clear that Joel just isn't ready to let this love slip away forever. Boom, boom, boom. Love it. In my heart. (laughs) Our broken heart, Uh, yes. This movie. It really is, but I just... I don't know. This movie holds the most special place in my heart, I think, any movie ever has well and i think that's a perfect segue into my question and you probably know what i'm going to ask and i don't i I don't know maybe this is you don't have to say names but if you could erase your memory of someone would you not not who would you but just like would you ever do that because i think that's what the question of the film is is like would you do this you know yeah that's an interesting question and a question that i've thought about especially like watching this movie as often as I have. Um, I don't know. I personally, I don't think so just because like the people that come to mind, um, when you say that, that I was like, Oh, like this person Mm -hmm. broke my heart. I don't want to ever remember them, but also like it builds you as a person and like it like helps you move forward. Um, and like your next relationship and then, um, you'll know like what to look out for and what things that you don't like and what things that you do like. Um, so I would, I don't think I would just because it's just helped me grow as a person. The, the things that I've gone through and like the hurtful stuff that's happened. Oh my God. <laughs> Ozzy's losing his shit. <laughs> I'm like, Ozzy, I'm trying to be sentimental. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't think that I would, um, in the sense of like a relationship. Yeah. Um, and then even aside from that, like, I, I don't think there's ever been anyone in my life that's been, like, awful outside of a relationship that I would want to 
like erased completely, completely erased yeah 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 i uh you know i i think that's what this film does so well is kind of creates that question in your own mind i mean it's it's first and foremost set as a sci-fi film or tagged as a sci-fi film mm-hmm. on imdb because i think it is a science fiction concept in the sense that this isn't a reality that we do live and everything that you said yeah it, that's how we live life we have to yeah go through these hardships to figure out who the fuck we are as people what does that do for me you know i mm-hmm. i think i learned a lot from things in the past so yeah oh and, absolutely and, yeah and and same with you like what you're saying is and i think everyone would agree like in the moment and that's what this film talks about you know it's like in that oh, moment yeah. there's so much feeling and hurt and sadness that everything inside of you wants to rip the everything of that person out of you that's how badly you want oh yeah and that's where it all stems from i feel like yeah in like the moments where like my emotions are heightened or like uh like things are at like the worst and like the most painful yeah um then yeah like in that moment i'd be like fuck yeah like i don't want to feel this anymore like i do not want to and like um i probably would like if I wasn't thinking straight or if I didn't have time to like step back um, and look at the bigger picture. Cause sometimes like I do get overwhelmed um, and like really upset about things, but yeah. then like I'll go to bed that night and like <laughs> yeah. sleep it off. Yep, <laughs> Stevie, yep. you crazy kook. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, I, and even in the movie, like she kind of just does it like abruptly and like she doesn't think yep. about it yeah. and yeah. she just does it. And I, maybe would be at that point where I would do that too. Like, okay, well, like this just happened. So Jesus Christ, do you hear them? <laughs> it's such shit. a funny juxtaposition of being so <laughs> sentimental. Like, they just <laughs> won't allow it. Like, do not just, talk about this. That is so fucking funny. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. I'm going to beat myself. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, it's, it's the hardest question you could ever answer really it's Mm -hmm. things that we go through in life are what make us who we are it's the easy way out it is the easy way out and it and it's funny you like reference kate winslet's character you know clementine doing it in just a haste well i think joel does it in revenge almost because he's like oh fuck her like if she did it yeah retaliation like she did it so then i'm gonna fucking do it too and also of course like he keeps trying to justify it too and you can tell that he doesn't want it. But no. He's well, he's resisting the whole entire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like while they're doing it. So, and I think I, I'm assuming most people have seen this movie or like we're opening the table to the discussion. So I think the ending is poignant in the sense that no matter what, you can't really stop it. And I think yeah. everyone knows what I mean by that. Like they kind of end up back in each other's lives. So mm-hmm. regardless of them erasing the memories of each other, they're back in there and i just think mm-hmm. that's trying to tell you something i don't know it's just mm-hmm. it's a lot so yeah it's it's kind of a hard question to specifically answer and i know a lot of people would say exactly what we said like yeah i would but also it probably isn't the best idea because i've learned from those lessons well let's get to some of my notes um it's pretty hefty so I I love the energy of calling in while you're already guaranteed to not make it in. Joel is already at the fucking 
uh, train station calling into work. Like, my dude, you're not going in. <laughs> that's me, though. Yes, I, I love that. That's me. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm literally, like, I can't make it in. Like, I, I'm literally in a different state. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm already on my vacation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, my God. And and I do have a note um, that, you know, kind of what I said earlier. I love how subdued Jim Carrey is in this movie compared to usual and Kate Winslet. Uh, like he, she's a little more over the top compared to usual. And I love that dynamic because I think it's special for them as actors as well, that they were able mm-hmm. to kind of go out of their comfort zone. And Clementine is a uh, fucking adorable. I love her so much. I need to be here for Halloween one year. I've been thinking about right, it. Right. With the bright orange hoodie and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the blue hair. Hell yeah. Love it. Um, what are what are your opinions? I know you're not as big of a stickler as I am with scores, music, and stuff. But like, what do you what do you think about the score? Not the not the soundtrack because I know it's got some good tracks. But like, some of the tracks are kind of silly and goofy. Um, yeah. Like like when they're on the on the train and they first like talk or whatever, it's kind of like silly mm-hmm. a little bit. So what are your? Yeah. Do you like it or do you dislike it? I always have. Yeah. Okay. I just think it like it plays into the movie really well. And I've, I, I will already just put it out there. I have very few complaints, if any, about this movie. Yeah. Um, like for me, it is like a perfect film as Jensen would say. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So there's just everything. Like there's so many like different filming techniques. Um, like the score, the soundtrack, the characters, um, the cast, like all of it, I, I can't complain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you know, it's definitely higher for you, but it is still a fantastic fucking movie to me. And yeah, sometimes the, the score can be a little distracting in my opinion. Um, I like things that, you know, like kind of with my movie next week, like when they really just buy into the melancholy and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not arguing that this doesn't, I just know, yeah in the scene where they're like meeting on the train for the kind of second time, as you know, later. I, know, I can um, hear that in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of silly and just fun and promiscuous and yeah, but it does get sadder and sadder throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a quote. You're kind of closed mouth, aren't you? I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I love when he says, I'm sorry. <laughs> or I was just trying to be nice. <laughs> I love Joel, dude. Like, just saying he plays that character so yes he does dude oh my gosh and like this is me in the start of like a relationship like that like that's how i was with chanel like we would talk on the phone i would call her and i wouldn't say a fucking word and she would just talk and like she'd be like are you there and i'm like yeah (laughs) i do this thing when i'm nervous um and I panic talk. Oh, so I okay. will like talk too much and mm. I just keep going and going and going. And I keep like asking like a million questions oh, and shit. then I just <laughs> sound like a fucking lunatic. That's um, so funny. kind of like her. So yeah, I'm <laughs> that's funny. Definitely on the other, the other spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. I shut down. I get really shy cause I'm like thinking about what I should say and stuff. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. No, I get that too. Yeah. Like overanalyzing and like yeah. Yeah. putting too much thought into a response. Yeah. I, I get that too. Yeah. 
It's funny you say that, though. Like, do you consider Clementine, is that just, because the way I've always taken her character is that that's just her unabashedly. That is who she has always been. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think she's almost like a nervous talker, like you like like you say you are? I don't know. I feel like she, her character, she's just, she knows who she is. Yeah, she's very confident. And, and she is very confident, yeah. yeah. And she can, like, approach people, um, and she did. Yeah. Um, yep. So I think that's I think that's just her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's not. Yeah, because I know she does have flaws, obviously, but. Oh yeah. Joel wears them on his sleeve way more mm-hmm. prominently than Clementine does. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I need to go on a night picnic on a frozen lake pronto, dude. What am I doing with me my too? Life? What I the always fuck? always tell myself. Yes. That. What am I doing? <laughs> fuck. Oh, that would be amazing. Um, and then in comes our sweet baby boy, Elijah Wood, even though he's not a sweet baby boy in this movie, but we'll get no, there. No, he's a douche, yeah. but he's still so precious. He is a precious little boy, and I want to marry him a little bit, but. <laughs> well, I do too, so we're going to have to fight for him. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Uh, Joel finds out from his friend that Clementine has had her memory of him erased. That's a gut punch, dude. I Well, first it's kind of like he doesn't know what to think of it, obviously, but. I once you kind of understand the situation and the severity of it, like if this was a thing in real life, like that would fucking suck. I I guess it's kind of the modern equivalent of getting blocked and all that shit. You know what yeah. I mean? It, so, yeah, it and hurts. ghosted. Yeah, <laughs> really bad. It, yeah, um, it's just like you don't exist because it kind of is like that person doesn't. Yeah, they're a stranger at that point, and like you go from talking to them all the time and every yeah. day, then they're like in your everyday life to you literally never speak to them again yeah yeah it's but that scene is heart-wrenching too because he like he doesn't know why she's acting the way she is why she's ignoring him why she's acting like she doesn't know who he is Uh um and just like watching him be so distraught like breaks my heart into a million pieces yeah um because he doesn't know and Mm -mm. he's just like well what the fuck like why is she treating me like this and then his friends like have to keep their mouth shut um so like good, good on his friend. I will say like I think he did the right thing, because mm-hmm. um, he's like, yeah, I'm not just gonna let you feel like this, <laughs> like <laughs> feel like you're crazy or whatever. Um, yeah. And then his wife gets so butt hurt and like throws all the laundry on him. She's like, well, do your own fucking laundry. <laughs> that scene was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, She's so God. mad. Yeah. He's like, well, what? Like, what? What are you gonna do? <laughs> um, I do have one thing to say. I. I'm very sorry if I'm offending people or not, whatever. I do. I cannot stand David Cross. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah. I'm I do not, a big not like him. I don't know, man. Men in black. All of his small roles. Him. I don't like him. I'm, I'm very indifferent. Yeah. I've never liked him in anything really. So even in this role, it's just like, meh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I could take someone else for sure. But yeah. Uh, my next note, I can hella relate to Joel crying in his scraped up car. Yeah, that's been me for the past me fucking too. month. <laughs> that's been me my whole life. Seriously. And that song cry. that plays too. I know. Oh my God. My favorite song of the score is when he leaves her apartment the night that they meet, like the second yes. time. Does that make sense? Um, mm-hmm. When she asks him to wish her a happy Valentine's. Yes, yes. I fucking. Yeah. I. F- 
I'm pretty sure I finished my book to like playing that song on yeah. repeat because like it's mm-hmm. such a perfect. Oh, I love that song. But that scene is one of my favorites too. Yeah, and like he immediately gets home and calls her, and she's like, "What took you so long?" I know. He's like, "I, I just walked it. in." Oh. And then they just talk all night. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm like getting tears in my eyes already. Yeah, I, knew I, would. I love it. And it's funny because I was watching with Chanel, and I don't know if I alluded to this last week or not. I know I told you that Chanel does not like this movie. Well, she watched through it, and I think she had a liking to it more mm-hmm. than per usual. So that's good. Yeah. Um, in this scene though, she was like, "How rude! You don't just like tell people like what to do." And I looked at her. I was like. <laughs> Chick, look in the mirror. Like, you don't know who you are. Because <laughs> that is literally Chanel and I, when we first got together, she was just like, don't forget this. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I like I like that a lot. That Uh-huh. I think it's cute. She did that. Because that's just her. Yeah. Like, that's her exactly. character so much. So Joel finally reveals in the story that he actually met Clementine at the beach when his friends had a party. And what he was really doing in the beginning was calling into work to go to said beach, imagining him meeting Clementine is what I picture it as, mm-hmm. which is just sad. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. He's I hate like it. eating I hate his it. fried chicken. Yeah. <laughs> On the little picnic plate. I yeah. love it. There's a lot of picnics in this uh, there movie. There is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I love, love, love the subtlety of how his memories seen on screen are almost like how our memories are. Like mm-hmm. they aren't complete and they're biased too. They're never actually how things happen. You know, they're yeah. always skewed to his like opinion and his take. I love that, yeah. dude. It's such a good too. detail. Like later on in the, like when the books start like disappearing, I love like when they start erasing the memories and he's like trying to keep her. Oh man. it's, it's... And like the pictures are being like taken out of the journal. Yes. Um, and, like the words and stuff and like yeah. the picture frames. It's crazy. Yes. Empty. Like they did a really great job on like doing those little things that you mm-hmm. wouldn't catch the first time. Yeah. Um, and like the amount of times that I've seen this movie, like I catch more things. I know. With each watch. Cause there's just so much that you'll miss. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I pay too. Like I haven't watched this in maybe five or so years. Um, but this is the probably most understanding of it I've ever been. And I just took it in well and understood what was happening to the characters and stuff. You okay there, kid? Yeah, I dropped my mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be so gentle with my movements because I don't want to fuck anything up. Right. It seems to be fine this week, though. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're yeah, all right I'm right good. now. Yeah, we're okay. good. Don't Nobody move. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here comes me, Patrick, uh, stole Clementine's panties while she was unconscious. Whoops, while they were erasing her memories of Joel. Gross. Damn it, Patrick. Why you got to be a sleazeball? That's not funny. I hate when they laugh about it, too, him and uh, Mark Ruffalo's character. I do not like that at all. Yeah. Don't I love Mark that. Ruffalo so much though. He's my angel. He's he's a little sweetie pie, yes. I love the end with like oh the whole complicated thing of yeah. the other girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's just God, like, this oh this movie's just so good. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah, it's it. it's very layered, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also like obviously love how they're having like a fucking party while Joel is getting his memory erased. They're like smoking joints, yeah, just, dancing in their underwear. I love it, dude. They're uh heating up like some food and shit too. I don't know yeah. what they're eating, but they're just going for it. Drinking his whiskey. (laughs) Love that. Oh, man. Uh, So Patrick goes to see Tangerine now, and it's showing how she is still kind of remembering Joel. Uh, She wants to go to Montauk and the Frozen Lake and all of that. Patrick 
also gives her the necklace that Joel got her. What the fuck? Or whatever yeah, what it was. Douche. Nah, fuck this guy, yeah. Damn it, Elijah Wood. And she's like, you, like the, you're the first guy to ever get me a piece of jewelry I liked. I know. Like, and he like rips the fucking like little card off yeah, of the package. Oh, this guy. Yeah, he's such a douche. Yep. So, yeah, it's really sad. Uh, while Joel is in the middle of getting the memories erased, he wants to stop it. But they're busy being half naked and shit anyway. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't matter. Like, they're they're busy. So he's literally pulling her along, not willing to let go. Which has such a deep, deep resonating, mm-hmm. resonant meaning to it. Ugh. Oh, yeah. And especially when they're just, like, talking to each other, too. Yeah. Um. Like the, I'm kind of skipping ahead, but the scene like in the beach house where the beach house is like flooding. Yes. Yeah. That part will just send me every yeah. time. Like I know like the whole like dialogue that they do together. Yeah. Um, Cause she like sounds like she's like in a back room um, and you can't see her, but you can only see him. Yeah. And they're just like having that like back and forth conversation mm-hmm. um, that like my heart. Oh, my land. <laughs> oh, every time. Like I'm just sobbing. Oh, Yeah. It like gets me. Yeah, and and it's cool because I think that proves of their such a strong connection between the two of them. Because mm-hmm. even in his memories, like you know, in each new memory that they're trying to erase, he it seems like he has to convince her of what's happening, mm-hmm. and yet she goes along with it every time yeah. to the point that she even helps. She goes. I know. To, you where know, they're when, like running away together. With yeah, their, like holding hands, like trying to like escape from it being erased and she's like oh well if we hide here like we can save this one and they're like hiding under the table (laughs) yeah Uh, my heart yes oh man but something really important that we missed when we were talking about that scene where he's um like in his friend's house like super upset yeah is the like fade from when he's in um like the bookstore the record store that she works in to when he walks into the living room and like all the lights shut off yeah um, from behind him and then it like it's kind of like that midsummer scene where she's um, <laughs> like on the, uh, like in the bathroom. In the bathroom, the and then it goes to yeah. the airplane. Yeah. Yep. Nice little sweet transition. I love oh, shit it's so like good. that. And I think we talked about this transition when we talked about midsummer. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Knowing you, you probably brought it up. Yes. I think I might have. <laughs> I don't know if I would have. I feel like you it. did, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was but... me because that's like one of my like favorite like, little most, things. Um, like a scene that's just engraved in my brain always. Yes, I love that. The baby Joel scene is so fucking unhinged, my dude. You're <laughs> with the bird and the hammer. <laughs> oh my gosh. It also causes chaos back in reality as well. Because um, he like breaks loose from the memory erasing and they have mm-hmm. to call Howard the boss man. It's chaos. Howard. Howard, Howard, Howard. Yes. Very gross. Also, uh, arguably the grossest human uh, in yeah, the absolutely. movie. Okay. I mean, Patrick, problematic, yes. Yeah. But, but what always, like, lives rent-free in my brain, too, from this movie is when um, Howard's, like, uh, what the memories is, like, going through when um, Patrick's at the record store. And yeah. Clementine's like, Patrick, baby boy. And then <laughs> Jules like, who is that? And then Howard's like, Patrick, baby boy. <laughs> I love that part so much. Yes, the melding of all the little details in this movie mm-hmm. are fucking wild. Even like when Patrick, like when he's in one of the, or Joel when he's in one of the memories and Patrick like is like this weird creature thing. Yes, and he doesn't have a face because <laughs> yeah. he never saw his face He never that day saw his face, really. Him. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's so fucking wild. 
Oh shit. Um one one of my favorite scenes is I love nothing more than them making up their own dialogue to a movie at the drive in that they didn't yes. pay for. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things. Cause, Mine too. You know, I mean, we've all been there in relationships where you sometimes you have to make your own fun. Like mm-hmm. going to the drive in is fun, but sometimes like well, let's be real, sometimes you can't afford it. Sometimes yeah. you just didn't have time to get tickets, whatever. So you pull up and you just fucking Or they just like doing that, which Exactly, is awesome which is also yeah. fucking adorable and shit. I love that for them. But they also like suffocate each other with pillows. You know what is funny? Here the I'm going to throw out a hint. This happens in my pick next week as well. Oh. It does. And I fucking love this little trope of people cuz we get in this weird thing in in long-term relationships where you kind of get obsessed with like the death of the other person, your partner mm-hmm. of like, you don't want it to happen. Yeah. And it's like this playful thing where like, I'm not kidding. You'll see, dude, maybe even in my pick, it's an homage to this film or something mm-hmm. because it's literally like one I can't, for one. I don't know why I can't remember that. Really? Um, but what I learned in the film study classes, the director of this movie and his wife used to do this. Okay. So that's okay. why they like put it in the movie. Cause they used to, do play that little game too where they'd like pretend to suffocate or they would like yeah yeah suffocate the other person with the pillow and then right um they would try to um like pretend to be dead <laughs> yeah, to yeah the other person yeah i mean chanel like, and i fuck around with stuff like that yeah, yeah yeah we fuck around with stuff like that yeah. that sounded weird that sounded weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah we pretend to be dead all the time we suffocate each other oh god okay moving on <laughs> that's for you guys though i'm on board it's a kink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we get the subplot that Mary, who is Howard's subordinate, has a massive crush on him. But, oh my God, this is all very layered and just kind of happens very quickly. His wife shows up and catches them. And it's sadly revealed that this has already happened and that Mary herself has erased her memory of him. It's real fucked up. Also, I did read one of the trivia facts. I just didn't write it down that... I think it's in the deleted scenes that, or maybe they took it out of the script because they thought it was too dark that she actually had to have a, an abortion or she chose to have an abortion of Howard's child, Oh, which is just really layered, like super yeah. sad. And I could see that's adding a whole nother layer. Like, would you erase Absolutely. that memory? I, I just yeah. don't know, dude. Fuck. That's crazy. Ay, ay, ay. What, what is your, so, I mean, Damn it, you're not very critical of anything. It just, yeah, what is your take on this other than perfect? <laughs> <laughs> on like that other, yeah, like, like Mary scene. and Howard. Yeah. I, I like it too. Um, okay. Cause it adds like another, um, like character relationship. Yeah. Um, where, like, I wasn't expecting that. Like, that was a surprise. Um, yeah. like, of course, like, you could tell there was like, uh, something there but the way that they portrayed it before was that like she was super into him but he like kept shutting it down kept shutting it down so it kind of was a surprise when it is revealed that they actually were in a relationship at one point yeah um and like we're having an affair yeah but i i like that they included that like additional storyline with them um because it just adds like another like character relationship that went through the same procedure Mm -hmm. um but then, like, somehow they found their way back to each other also. Um, but it is interesting to me that they had this relationship. They had an affair. Um, 
of course caused a rift between him and his wife. And then she just was able to keep working there. I don't know. That's weird to me. Yeah. Cause like, they agreed. Sh- she shouldn't have still had a job there. No, um, no. Like they should, she could have gotten her memory erased. <laughs> like that never happened. And then like you don't come back to that job <laughs> where that could happen again. Right. Right. Know? If she would have ended up back in the doors, like you just be like, yeah, we we're not hiring right now. What the yeah, fuck? Why would exactly. you hire her back on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one little odd thing and problematic that he would Howard would even consider taking her back and all yeah. this stuff. And yeah, it's 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 pretty grody. I don't know. And it and also like like you can have him. You did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it also so is Howard. Are we to believe that Howard is like the creator of this science? Right. Yeah. Okay. So. I wonder if this is almost like he created this because he's done similar things in the past and that's just how gross mm. he is. Mm-hmm. He's also very unassuming. Like he seems like a charming down to earth guy. Yeah. He's just like a nerdy little older science guy, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, he's pretty gross to be doing that. So back to Joel and, and Clementine, uh, the aesthetic of the book spines disappearing on the shelves. It just looks fucking dope and cool. And I don't know how they did that. And I wish I knew. Um, it looks fucking awesome. Maybe that was like the one few few moments that they actually use CG CGI because I don't know mm-hmm. how they would have done that practically, but it looks dope because they're just slowly erasing the memories and yeah, it's it's a it's a cool look. I want a whole house with bookshelves that have all white spines, so you can't know what the fucking book is. <laughs> <laughs> that actually be kind of cool. It's like book roulette. Yeah, yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah. Uh, his last memory is when they met at the beach and how they broke into a beach house and stole their wine. And it's just, it's just all the feels, dude. I'm sorry for bringing it up. (laughs) The side. I do feel like my like eyes are welling up a little bit. I get that. Yeah. Uh, I've been a little cloudy at this whole episode. Yeah. Not going to lie. And I feel like it's going to be the same next two weeks as well, but I know, (laughs) but those are just, yeah, those are the movies that just, they stick with you. Yeah. And, and, it's funny because I, I do hope maybe there's a couple of people who like explicitly only watch horror movies and they're just listening. And I don't know, maybe this is going to open them up to watching drama because yeah. I think there's a good time and place for a good cry or just mm-hmm. feelings, you know? Oh, yeah. Just to feel things. It's important. Like I'll say this, partially relevant right now because everybody's talking about it. Uh, episode three of The Last of Us. I am on... <laughs> like the beginning of episode two so okay let me know have anything spoiled <laughs> did you I'm not, watch the i'm not gonna one? spoil anything i'm just gonna say what happened to me okay i ugly cried so hard my oh. nose bled not oh even fucking God. kidding dude <laughs> uh, i actually as morbid and fucked up as it sounds i cannot wait to be like destroyed yes i <laughs> i was kind of skeptical because for a second i was like i don't know nothing's really like going crazy but then yeah You'll you'll get there, dude. Just text me when I have to. I will because I'm gonna I'm I'm going to try to finish the second episode tonight. Okay. Um, I finished the first episode yesterday. I actually yeah. used your uh, HBO Max. Oh, nice. There you go. And I was like, I hope I don't fuck anything up. For no, him. you're good. You're good. But I um yeah watched the first episode. I really liked it. So yeah. Uh, second one, I'm gonna try to finish tonight, and then the third one, I'm gonna need to finish like. Should I do it before the weekend? I don't know. 
Maybe. I think uh, I think you need to do it while like while you're at work with you know customers and shit. No, I was actually <laughs> going to try to watch it when there was like some free time at work, but I was like, "There's no way." After what I've heard, oh, I'm no. gonna be a fucking wreck. I can't imagine, dude. People would be calling the cops. Like, I don't know, oh, yeah. our manager's going crazy. Yeah, she's <laughs> sobbing in her office right now, uncontrollable. Her nose is bleeding. Yeah, <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> it was rough, dude. I had to rush off the couch and go oh. run to the bathroom. It was wild, bro. I haven't ugly cried in years. Last time I did I was um, Marlene. I kind of love doing that. It's it's good to let it out sometimes, yeah. you know. Just let it all fucking flow. Chanel was like, it's okay. <laughs> Oh, I can't. Back to the movie. Oh my gosh. Yeah, text me when you watch it, dude, because it's fucking. I will. Long. Um, sadly, Joel wakes up and it's all over now. Um, technically, you know the erasure of the mm-hmm. memories and stuff. It's can't get those back. I guess. Damn. Um. So with the story, back to the beginning. It's actually the fact that they met each other again and are starting over anew. Uh, but. Yeah, it's it's fucking wild that they end up each, in each other's arms again. Uh, Mary decides this is also kind of fucked up, but I think well we'll talk about it. So Mary decides the whole thing that they do is immoral. So she sends all of their previous patients their tapes of who they once tried to forget, and they like listen to it in Joel's car. And Joel's like, "What is this? Like, is this a joke or something?" Like, they're all confused. But then Joel goes home and he's listening to his. It's a whole thing, and I, I don't know. Like, my gut is like, it's fucked up of Mary to do, but at the same time, I think she's doing it because she's been hurt by what happened to her, which is she oh, erased yeah. the memories, lived it again basically lived through those feelings again. And she doesn't want that to happen to anyone else. And, you know, cause she, she knows if she would have stayed away the first time, or if she wouldn't have erased her memory, she would have stayed away, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh and my last note actually goes right along with that. It's about living with those memories, the good and the bad and putting it all out on the table. It's yeah. Pretty much it, dude. I mean, I don't really have anything else to add. I think we had a pretty good discussion. Um, I ship them, obviously, and I hope they can pull through. <laughs> Me too. <Yeah. laughs> but wouldn't that be just so fucking wild if you had just met somebody um, and like things are going well, like you hit it off, um, have a connection, and then the next thing you know, you are f- like you receive this tape of yourself speaking and you have no fucking idea how it happened, where it came from. Um, and you're like talking about this person that you just met and that you spent time with. Um, like imagine how crazy you would feel. I, I think my brain would break quite a bit. Oh, absolutely. And then (laughs) she like, hears what he's saying and she's like all hurt by it. And she's like, you really think that about me? Right. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know you. Yeah. Um, but that's just so, I don't know. It's wild. And it like my heart. Yeah. It's, it's a wild subject to subject matter. Like even after like they heard those things that they said about each other, like those hurtful things. Yeah. They still like agreed to, to move forward. Yeah. And like give it another shot. Yeah. That gets me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gets me right. My feels. 
It does. And it also begs the question, if they wouldn't, if Clementine wouldn't have erased her memory in the first place and then Joel subsequently after, would they have done that? Or, like, would they have gotten back together anyway? Which I think, yes. That's just what it's showing is that they're willing to work through it. So, not that everyone is, but we still learn and live through those emotions and feelings and thoughts and fucking, yeah, dude, it's... Oh man, it's it's pretty wild, and I mean, I let's just announce my movie. So we're, I picked her. We're doing her. I don't know if that was obvious, maybe to some people, um, and it kind of plays on similar <laughs> subjects. Like, I don't know. It's very sci-fi, technically, because, dude, I don't know about you, but I remember when her came out, and there was all the Oscar buzz around it surrounding it like the circles i was in people were making fun of it because they're like how fucking stupid like a movie about a guy who fucking falls in love falls in love with a an ai and like has sex with it and shit like everybody was like that's so fucking weird and stupid i remember people saying shit like that too right when it came out but they um they didn't understand like the whole um like dynamic of it and like right. you just hear something and you're like oh, okay well like that movie sounds weird and creepy <laughs> yeah, same with like yeah. Titan. yeah like, oh that girl <laughs> fucks a car right all right so let's get to the cause of the breakup oh my gosh um <laughs> courtney your pick so let's let's hear it dude i mean do i need to hear it <laughs> no yeah. no you can just just take a while to get it's five out of five yeah five out of five um kind of expected that and that's no that's great i love that for you i love that for you um for me i'm gonna give it a four out of five the reason being is just because it sometimes like it you know like listening to you talk about it and how it hits you in your feels so often and so strongly it only does that for a couple parts for me um unfortunately like, mm-hmm. you know, I've never really exactly gone through this situation. And I guess technically I haven't gone through situation in her either. But something about that one just kind of resonates with me a little bit more. Yeah. Um, And I don't mean to. Mm-hmm. Sorry, dude. I don't mean to, like, take your movie and compare it to her the entire fucking time. I just am using it as an example. Oh, no. But, no, it's okay. Um, It's no, it's it's still a fantastic fucking movie for, you know, for me, four is still high. And. I enjoy this movie. I liked it as a kid. I like it now. I could put this on whenever. And, uh, yeah. I, I think, I mean, honestly, another pro to it is like, it has such a good cast. It's just so many people, you know? I love that. Oh, yeah. And they're all, like, so great in their roles in I know. the movie, too. Even little Frodo Baggins, yeah. Patrick, baby boy. Yep. All right, guys, that was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, directed by Michael Gondry from 2004, I think. Um, Yeah, and that was Courtney's pick for, I don't know, we don't really have a name to this theme, maybe just like drama month, just cinema month, whatever. Uh, We're just kind of doing whatever. Normie month. Yeah, normie month, there we go, perfect, love it. So, uh, yeah, as I said earlier, my pick is Her, uh, directed by Spike Jones, ironically, so... We will get into that next week. Look forward to that. And if you guys want to 
find me online, you can catch me on Instagram and Letterbox at Jensen Harper. You can find Courtney on Instagram at Little Sky Dancer and possibly Letterboxd. Have you started using it a little bit or no? That's a no. <laughs> no. I'm so sorry. Well, no, no, no. You do you, man. You do you. So, um, yeah, just Little Sky Dancer on Instagram. Um, if you want to find us online, you can find us on Instagram at The Fright Crew. And that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, you can email us at something. I literally kind of don't know what the email is. Never use it. So I've probably got like hundreds of emails in the inbox and I've never checked them before. <laughs> oh, no. Well, um, yeah, heard it here. Um, what should the listener do for us, dude? They should leave us a rating and review. Um, and we will not erase them from our brains, our Instagram follower list. <laughs> Um, you know. Yep, yep. Love that. Love shebang. to hear it. Yeah. No, we don't. We don't do that. Okay. Only some people do. Boom. <laughs> Roasted. And um, <laughs> if I were to say anything, um, fuck, man, stay. I'm too tired for this shit, Courtney. Ah. <laughs> stay in Montauk. Stay in Montauk. Fucking perfect. I love that high note of the podcast. I love it. We're done. The fright crew is over. (laughs) We're never going to make another episode again. (laughs) Bye. Love you guys. (laughs) Bye.